Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the Nick Charlay Show. And today you are in for another freaking treat. Uh, none other than Alexandros Papadopoulos. I know it's a mouthful. This guy is freaking amazing. So yeah, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you were telling me right now, you know, this guy, this guy is freaking crazy. So he, he is on a path to success. Like I said before, he's working at Dell EMC and has gone through ridiculous growth uh, across the last few years. I didn't necessarily want to start with that, but you were just telling me, Alex, that you were just coming out of a meeting, which I freaking love because it kind of, you know, it, it, it kind of explains what you're about, what you're doing. So just as a, as a quick intro to everyone, um, what, does, what does a day kind of look like in your world? Is it, is it like that, going to see a client or, or something like that? Yeah, so first of all, again, Thanks so much. You made me uh, blast in the beginning. Yeah. I'm, not that, I'm not that good, but uh, I do have been through several difficulties in my life that have made me who I am today. Uh, and again, thank you so much for having me. He is good. He is good. He's humble, but he is good. Uh, but yeah, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yes. So, so before I got promoted to management, so right now I'm an inside sales manager. Before I did that, I was a quota carrying rep. Essentially, I was an account executive. I had multiple clients and I was covering the territory of Manhattan. Okay. So that uh, required me a lot to travel and obviously do inside sales and obviously have communication with clients all day long. This meeting today was, had, had nothing to do with, with uh, executive. It was more of a networking with, uh, I met with one of my mentors. I believe mentorship is extremely vital uh, for anybody's success. So that's what I did today. But essentially my day-to-day, I have a, a 25-people team. Uh, so I develop them. I make sure that I teach them how to sell. Obviously, I'm on the phone with them all day, hearing their client conversations, guiding them through kind of facing objections, facing difficulties, and kind of overcoming those. That's a big, big portion of my role. And obviously, driving demand for the, for the organization, that's essentially another piece of uh, the day-to-day operations, so to speak. It, it blows my mind every single time I hear that, because you are 25 years old, is that right? That's right. 25 years old, and I mean, it's quite befitting, 25 years old, managing a team of 25 as well. It, it literally blows my mind, and, and I can't wait to go into more depth about that, how you made that happen. I know you and I have spoken previously about the psychological toll on that, the responsibility, the pressure, dealing with it. I, you know, the, I'm sure the listeners will, want, will love to hear about that more. You know, if they're also, a lot of the listeners are either starting a business or climbing, you know, the ladder, whatever they're doing, you know, that pressure does come up. So I'll be really keen to hear more about that um, later on the podcast. But to start off with, what I think, thought would be really cool um, would be for you to share a little bit about your story. So you and I met at Boston University um, a couple of years ago now, time is passing by, I guess it would have been like five, six years ago. I'm not exactly sure when, but I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about your, your background. So you're originally Greek. Um, and so maybe just how it was growing up and, and, and sort of family dynamics maybe, which are just so interesting in, in how we become who we are, you know? Sure. Sure. And as you said in the beginning, it is a mouthful. My, my name, Alexander Papadopoulos, <laughs> it's a mouthful. So for Anybody out there who's listening and whenever you find somebody, a gentleman or somebody who has an O-U-L-O-S at the end, it's 100% Greek. So that way you have a little bit of leverage going into the conversation. So there you go. Uh, Number one. So let me give you just a quick high level overview. So I am from Athens, Greece. I was born and raised there. I lived there until my 18th year uh, birthday. And then my twin brother and myself, 
we came to, to America. So we landed, it was approximately 4 p.m. on August 15, uh, 2009. It was a Saturday. And the reason why I say that I'm so descriptive, it's because I remember my milestones. I think it's very, very important in life to remember your milestones. Whenever you have something, a pinnacle point in your life, you have to remember it. That's how you grow even more. Yep. So we came, we came here. We, I attended Boston University. This is where, obviously, we met. And it was, I'm not going to say it was an easy ride because of the financial crisis that happened and skyrocketed around the time that I was in college. I had to really, really fight for my survival. And, of course, financial aid and try to, to get, uh, get through it. I was working a couple, couple of jobs. I was working at Dunkin' Donuts at the time. I was kind of cleaning the bathroom, serving, and pretty much all that, all encompassing. And I was also working as a receptionist at a church at the time and trying to kind of expand my network and, and find money for tuition. And I remember one time when I was uh, serving coffee, I met this gentleman in, in Dunkin' Donuts. I think it was a Saturday, I believe. And he, we started talking over coffee and whatnot. And he kind of, kind of, I, I think he started believing me for some reason. I didn't know who he was. He said that he works at BU. Uh, and then he told me, come and see me. And then I went to see him. And apparently this gentleman was the uh, director of financial aid. And out of the ordinary, I thought there could be an opportunity here. So we started talking, we started kind of building a relationship. And he told me that, Alexandros, I have a, um, I have a proposition for you. I know we don't usually do this, but Financial aid is only awarded to U.S. citizens, but we have some private money that we can work with. So what I want you to do is I want you to go back and write a story that you can present to the board. And uh, so that's what I did. And long story short, this, the story was good enough. I guess I was lucky. And they awarded me with $25,000 of financial aid, and that's how I made it through college. Because other than that, I would have never made it. Uh, I remember when, when my father called me, uh, it, was, it was Tuesday, and he told me, Alexander, we have a major problem. Uh, you need to find financial aid or, and money. Otherwise, you, you have to come back. So my story, my whole story was around my, 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 what we call in Greece, Isterophemia, which means the, the afterlife reputation. This is what Greeks fight for. Wow. Uh, it's essentially going above and beyond for your goal. At, so when you look at your, when you're on your deathbed and you look back in your life, you want to recognize what you've done and obviously leave your reputation behind. And that, was our, that was my story around the, uh, the, the essay that I wrote, essentially stating how much of a disappointment I would be to my, uh, to my family and obviously to my future, future kids and future family if I don't make it through this, uh, this very difficult stage of my life. And I was lucky enough, but at the same time, I realized back then that you have to kind of create your own luck, so to speak. It's yeah. not opportunities don't really come to those who wait. You have to make it happen for yourself. And since then, I kind of started and continued that philosophy. And I really took that to heart. And I, whenever I mentor or I teach my, my reps, I always tell them that. That's amazing. And, and I had not even actually heard that story. I knew you'd receive financial aid somehow. And by the way, I also was like, kind of like, hmm, this is weird because I didn't think international students got financial aid. But actually, when you were telling that story, I actually got goosebumps. No, when you were saying your father gave you that call and he said, you need to find financial aid or you're coming back home to, 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 to Greece, that actually gave me goosebumps. I was like, like shit, like, you know, and, and I think you're so completely right. You know, your, your story is defined in so many random little pieces that add up like that random Dunkin' Donuts guy that comes and says, I believe in you. I want to, you know, I want to see you succeed. I'm going to bet on you. 
um, you know, write this essay, let's present it to the board, let's, let's put your case forward. That is, that is amazing. I love that. And I hadn't actually heard the full story. So awesome. So the listeners got, got that too. So that's awesome. Um, great. Well, I'm, I'm really interested. So what was it like growing up in Greece? So did you always know you were going to come to the US, for instance, or was it kind of something that came about as a result of discussions or how was it growing up like in Greece itself? Yeah, so Greece is a, as you might already know, it's a tiny country, but we have a lot of history. And yeah. what was taught to me during my upbringing were things like loyalty and self-esteem and respect and honesty. All those things were, were taught to me and this is what I stand and I live by. However, during the economic crisis, we had to find alternatives. Uh, my brother and I, obviously, and it was due to my parents' kind of belief that we can go above and beyond and we can go to America for a higher education and try to achieve the American dream, so to speak, that helped us get here. So a major, major part of that decision emanated from my parents' philosophy and beliefs. And I'm entirely grateful because if it wasn't for them, I would not be uh, where I am today. Uh, but Greece, as I said, a lot of values, uh, small country, <clears throat> a lot of laziness, so to speak. A lot of people tend to be lazy and have coffee for three, four hours a day. It's part of our philosophy as a nation, unfortunately. Um, so that was a major part of kind of the change that I had to go through when I came here. It was a lot of fast pace, right? We, we don't have a lot of time because time is money, obviously. And that's the major, major, major part of, the, of, my, of, of my living here, so to speak was adjusting to that fast-paced environment and obviously the cultural change was significant as well things are, are a little bit different here in terms of um, just the day-to-day -day and what's uh, what's believed here and all those things we'll take that out by the way a little, <laughs> a little bit amazing amazing um well you know I think what would be cool to, to kick things off, you know, is, is a lot of the listeners are, are probably, you know, setting out on their own journeys and, and they're looking for the type of guidance, you know, that, that probably, you know, you don't, always, you don't always know what the next step is, you know, you don't always know, you know, what, what you, should be, you should be exactly doing. And, and I guess you didn't, you didn't know either, you know, whether it comes to, you know, whether it's what you were just telling us, like the financial aid. Um, or whether, you know, uh, you know, working for, you have the whole story about how you actually got into Dell EMC. Well, I guess it was EMC initially, and then um, there's the merger. Um, you know, so, you know, just to start off with, like, what was, what has been one of your, like, biggest, like, and I don't want to call it a downfall, but like, what, what was one of the biggest things that happened to you in the last, like, four or five years, things, something that maybe really affected you and where you were maybe in a position where you were like, shit, you know, this is not going to work out. And maybe a time after the financial aid. So maybe ever since you've like sort of moved on the late, latter years of university or early years of your work, you know, where, where in that moment, you're like, this is the end. And looking back now, you're like, oh, that's how it fits in. You know, do you have anything that, like that that comes up? I do. I do. I have a perfect story for you here that just literally came to my mind. Uh, it's again, it's continuing that struggle phase of my life until I got here. Uh, so right out of college, first of all, I never want to go into corporate America. I want to become a professional soccer player. And two reasons why I didn't make it. First of all, I wasn't good enough. I, I realized that after a long, long time. And second was my injury, my severe injury on my ankle, kind of prevented me from exercising and I lost a year. So I had to find an alternative. I can't just continue living with no income. 
So I decided to work for a small startup. Uh, the gentleman who gave me a chance, so to speak, I met through a networking event. He was a Greek gentleman as well. He was a chief operating officer. And he now, till this day, this guy is my mentor and the second father to me in America. Um, so they gave me a chance and I go into business development. So business development means a lot of call calling, generating revenue for the business, trying to expand the business. So here's what happened. And it's, I didn't prevent this or I didn't prevent it because I couldn't prevent this. I started working for them and six months later, I found out my, that some of the regulations uh, with the immigration have changed and that uh, is preventing me from staying in America. So I had to convince the CEO that we need to expand to Europe and I can take that part. I can take that responsibility. Long story short, after multiple, multiple discussions, they promoted me to be the head of business development, but unfortunately I had to move to Greece. And that's kind of a downfall because I love America. I love America because it's a land of opportunity. There's tremendous opportunities and, and great people here. I'm not saying that there's not in Greece, but I, I always invest in my future and my future is here. So I had to go back. And then I was doing, I was kind of the head of business development there for about six months. And during my time there, we get acquired by EMC. Boom. That's the first acquisition. And as you can imagine, there's tremendous stress that goes on when companies get acquired, especially small startups like the one I was working with or I was working for. And long story short, like the, the HR and everybody else with it kept scrutinizing, kept scrutinizing my, my file. And they said, who is this kid, Alexander? He's not even here. Uh, I found out they also almost laid everybody off in the company aside from the executives. That's, that's, that's good. I'm feeling optimistic, very optimistic about my career right now. Oh, wow. uh, yes. So I had to kind of go back and forth with him and he said, Alexander, you can't come to America yet. You haven't scrutinized your file. We're not this sure was going to make it. Discussion with your CEO. No, 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 no. That was with the HR of EMC. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That was with HR, right? Gotcha. Because they acquired us, they acquired all the liabilities, all the assets, right? And I was one of their liabilities. Yeah. And, yeah. and to make things worse, even worse, they, haven't, they don't even know who I am. I'm some random guy yeah. who is working for the company, a consultant yeah. out of Europe. And who was, so saying, who was saying you can't go back to the US though? Was that HR? They, they, yes, because they, my job is not secure, right? So they need to spend more time, more time, and more time, right? Yeah. So long story short, I decide, and I thought it was going to be over, but I found out it was my visa application that was sponsored by uh, the, smart, the startup has been approved. So now I can officially work in the U.S. obviously for that company. However, on the other side of the coin, the, the people at EMC are telling me that I cannot return because they don't know who I am. They have scrutinized their files and everything. Well, and I respond to this gentleman at EMC and I said, sir, there's nothing, nothing, nothing in Greece aside, for, aside from 25% unemployment. So I'm taking the plane tomorrow. And I'm coming to the United States and I hopefully I can get a few minutes of your time in person. And honestly, before I wrote this email, I thought it was over. I thought I, 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 they're going to lay me off. Everybody has been laid off so far, except uh, aside from the executives. So I decided to take the, the plane and I come and I show up on his office and I had to convince him why they should take a chance on me. And long story short, they gave me that chance. I started at EMC and kind of worked my way up until, until today. So that's kind of the biggest downfall and a very, uh, I remember this experience vividly and I don't think I will ever forget it. So no freaking way. See, this is crazy because yeah. 
this sounds like a podcast where you know you we knew each other you we both meant to be you i know your story i know a lot of it but this type of stuff i didn't even know this is crazy this is incredible and i i guess what i love to do with with the listeners is is highlight strategies tools um direct things that they can implement and i and and the one that i really want to bring to the forefront and and you brought it up yourself actually early on in the podcast was you can make your own luck and i think this is another great example of that you know um you know convincing your ceo to start an operation in 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 europe you know bringing expanding to, to europe and 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 you know working over there so that you could have a position and stay part of the company. Um, and then I thought that was going to be the end of it, but you didn't, you didn't even stop there. You went even further. And so when they were like looking to lay people off in Greece, you're like, yo, I'm setting up a meeting 25 minutes with the, with the CEO or whoever HR. And, and you were like, yo, we're going to make this happen too. So I guess for the listeners, I think, you know, it's probably summer. I don't know if you want to summarize it any other way, but you know, it's, it's, I guess, making your own luck. I don't know if there's more to say really, you know? Yes. Yes. Making your own luck is, is, and it doesn't happen if you ask any successful businessman out there, anybody, business women, businessmen, CEOs, doesn't matter who they are, they have made it. They will tell you one golden rule and that's to take risks. There's nothing else to it in life aside from taking risks. There's two types of people in this world, Nico. There are the people who wait for opportunities to come to them. And there are people who create their own opportunities, so to speak, right? You can't just sit in your chair and expect things to happen, right? That's what I mean by creating your own life. When I strategize about how I'm going to get into EMC, the path of least resistance would be I'm going to look for opportunities in Europe and give up the five. The alternative is I have nothing to lose. Obviously, the monetary aspect is some of it. I'll take the plane, I'll come to America, and I'll show up and try to convince those people that I'm going to, I'm going to be good enough. And that's why I think it's important. That's crazy, man. You're crazier than, than, than I thought, than I knew. Um, but it's amazing. I'm loving, I'm loving these stories. So now you're sort of progressing through your career. Um, so, so next question would be, you know, who are those leaders that inspire you? So you said, you know, mentorship is, is a really important part. And I'm sure you have mentors, you know, within your company, maybe outside of it. But what about like, you know, famous figures um, that we might know who, Who's your guy? Is it, is it an Elon Musk? Uh, you know, uh, who, who, who comes to mind for you that, that really shines bright for you, like the epit- epitome of, of success? Sure. And it's kind of a cliche to say, but uh, I, I have one business model. He was a tycoon back in the 70s. His name was Arionassis. He's very, very well known in Greece. He was a, a tycoon. After John F. Kennedy died, he ended up marrying... Um, Obviously, Jackie Kennedy. I forgot her name for a second. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, right? So, and this guy had a similar story with mine. Obviously, he, he grew up, he had to migrate, uh, and then he had to kind of go over certain difficulties. But I would, I would actually argue that are so much more significant and severe than what I went through because they had the war back then, right? And, and all, those, all, all those things that have happened. So, that, this is the first one when we're talking about business. The second person has nothing to do with business and it's, some, it's somebody who I always live by. I've, 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 I've read all his books, all his biography. It's Alexander the Great. And I believe that he is a fundamental piece of today's modern society and he, he, he set all the foundations, whether it's Hellenism and all the values and what good leaders 
to aim for because you created something, a massive empire from nothing, right? And a lot of the things that I see in both those gentlemen have helped me progress my career. A lot of their teachings. Amazing. I love that. I love that. And um, so Alexander the Great, because you feel he's done a lot for, for society now. Um, and then the other greek guy whose name i'm not going to massacre just because it's uh right. you know i want to be respectful of of, of greece <laughs> um, that's okay people uh, mispronounce my name all the time imagine when i call somebody to get a reservation at a restaurant i give up in the first five seconds so you don't have to worry about that Papa, Papa, yes. pronouncing this is even a more it's it's a nightmare to say the least amazing man um great so a really important question. So, you know, you're, you're someone that's definitely got your, yourself together. You know, we, we've said it before. It's a topic I want to go into uh, towards the end of this podcast. You know, the fact that you're managing 25 people and how you, how you manage to do that. Um, and sort of leading into that, you know, I feel like everyone that, that's kind of that type of leader or into management or, or running anything, generally they do things, well, not all of them, but, but certain people definitely have a routine, a morning routine, something to help them set up their day, something to um, create sort of, you know, the momentum to go into it, whether it's setting intentions, whether it's meditation, whether it's a good breakfast, whether it's a good run. So you, I'm guessing, in charge of 25 people, you know, with the pressure that comes with it and, and a day that gets filled pretty intensely, what, what, does your, what does your first hour, hour and a half look like when you wake up? And what time do you wake up, for instance? That's a great question. I'm one of those people who are early risers. I, I wake up very early. I wake up around 5 a.m., uh, 5.30 maximum, I would say. And I, I go to the gym. I believe in working out. It's what we call in Greece, nusi yis and somati yis, essentially meaning healthy mind within a healthy body. And essentially, that's exactly what I do in the morning. I wake up around 5, 5.30. I go to the gym. I work out very quickly, about an hour. Then I have uh, a nice healthy breakfast, and then I continue. I go into the office around 15, 20 minutes uh, before 8, read through the news, maybe the market a little, uh, try to understand a little what's happening around the world, right? There's, uh, that's what I tell my reps all the time. There's more life than those four walls that we work 8 to 10 hours a day. <laughs> and then everybody comes, and then the day-to-day -day, uh, starts evolving. And essentially... The reason why I work out in the morning and not after, and that's, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's because it gives me a lot of energy. And I, I, I take it as winning rounds, right? Every day you have certain, I don't know, five, six rounds, whatever you want to say, right? I wake up at five in the morning when everybody's sleeping. That makes me feel good. So I, I won round one. Then I go to the gym. I work out very early. People are coming in as I'm working out, already refreshed. I won round two. And then I go into the office. And that kind of continue. I, I set my day in certain rounds. So I can feel good and get more inspired and more motivated to, to, to go on. And obviously, because I'm, I'm up 17 hours, 18 hours, I believe in, in, in health. And obviously, that comes with a lot of sleep. So I, I try to sleep between 10 to 10.30 uh, max. Yeah. Amazing. Go to bed by 10.30. Well, yeah. I just want to highlight new, for the listeners, new tactics, strategies. So I love that. I love that. Looking, looking at each of these morning habits and how you're starting your day as rounds. So I've never heard that before. So, so I'm going to add that um, in, in my notes. Um, basically, this notion that each part is, is winning a round. So round one, wait, if you said you're going to wake up at 5 a.m., the difference between actually getting out of bed and hitting the snooze button, that's round one right there. Um, second round, hitting the gym 
or, you know, getting to breakfast, you know, because breakfast looks comfortable. You know, you could just sit down, you could skip the gym. So round two, boom, getting to the gym, making yourself feel better. We all know that exercising makes you feel great, right? Your mind just like benefits from it. Um, and you also talked about health. So this notion of rounds. So I just want to highlight this as a strategy. Um, the fact that, you know, you can literally go throughout your day um, looking at each element as, as basically a round that you can either win or lose. And, and that, again, you know, what I advocate for is, is making it, making things in life a game. People take it way too seriously, I think, sometimes. And making it a game makes it funner, doesn't it? Like, you know, making it something that, you know, you're competing against yourself and, and uh, you know, that, that just makes it exciting. So that's, that's really awesome. I love that. I love that. So that kind of leads us on to the next question that I wanted to ask you about. So one of the things that I've realized very recently, um, you know, and that wasn't completely clear to me before, but like, you know, we are fully, or, well, yeah, I'm going to say we are fully in charge of leading our lives. We are fully in charge of leading our lives. And for me, Growing up, that was not necessarily the case. Even through college, that was not necessarily the case. And it was a notion that was kind of, I guess, a mystery to me. I, I, wasn't, I didn't realize that it was your responsibility to take control. And, you know, I think you're, you're, a, great, you know, you're a great model, a great, a great person to look up to with regards to leadership and leading your life. And also not just yours, but a team, you know, all the people that work under you too. And that, you know, you're, you know we've talked about this, you even coached them around their mindset and, and making sure they're, they're good, you know, cause we all know if their mindset is shit, it's gonna be a lot harder to, you know, make the results happen out there. Right. So, you know, I would love to hear from you what your notions of leadership are, what makes, and, you know, we've covered this a little bit, you, you know, one-on-one -on -one when, when we've talked, but, you know, for the listeners, what in, in your eyes, what makes a good leader? Great question. And again, there's not, there's no right or wrong answer to this. And before I go and get into that, I just want to say for the things that we were talking about before, I just want everybody to remember that it's what I, my mother always taught me that you can either run the day or the day can run you. So when we're, talking about, when, when we're talking about winning rounds, right, there's no, you're only competing with yourself, right? There's always going to be somebody who's up before you. There's always going to be somebody who drives faster than you're making more money than you. It doesn't matter because this is a battle with you. It's always between you and yourself, nothing, no one else. That's the mistake a lot of people make. Because of our competitive nature as humans, we often compare ourselves to other people. And by doing that, not only we stress ourselves and everybody else around us more, but we often sometimes don't even produce the amounts of, of, of work, or I'll, I'll scratch that, but we don't even reach our maximum potential because of the fact that we're comparing ourselves and wasting all that time and energy comparing ourselves to others. I just right. want to take a, a sec there and highlight that as another strategy for the listeners. So don't necessarily compete against everyone else. Focus on competing against yourself. How can you better your performance compared to yesterday? Correct. Awesome. Correct. 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 So kind of leading into what, uh, what you mentioned before, right? What was the question again? I it was forgot. about, yeah, no, it's all good. I'm uh, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was about leadership. I'm kidding. Leadership, Just exactly. Trying to make For, this a little bit funny. Yeah. We can no, be, no, no. You said it yourself. We can't be too serious all the time. No, we can't. Um, we can't. There we go. So, no, the, the question was, you yeah. know, you're in charge of 25 people. You're also, you know, you're playing rounds with yourself every day, you know, whether it's waking up 5 a.m. or going to the gym, you know, or, or getting the sleep. So, for you, you know, 
what is what is leadership maybe and and we could split it up maybe in two ways i'll, I'll maybe remind you of the second part just because i know i always have these long-winded questions but that's how i work sorry people um you know the first part sort of what is leadership what is personal leadership for you how does one lead one's life um and also i guess leadership altogether so how do you become a leadership sure. uh, a leader of men you know or sure. women sure. exactly and and, and 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 that goes hand in hand with one of my golden rules if you want to call that which is to read books because if you have a chance to read books about alexander the great or sun tzu the art of war the generals and politicians and ceos that have literally made it all the way to the top it's like reading their minds it's free advice very simple rule. but because of the social media now these days internet and facebook and twitter and bubble and tumble i don't even know how many apps there are out there we're wasting all that time and not reading which is fundamental piece of, of the leader's life, right? Great. And that leads me to, to, to my definition of leadership, right? I believe somebody who is able to help others and sincerely cares about them is a leader by nature. He's born that way. It's like walking to on the street, for example, you see maybe an old lady or an old man and they're dropping something. If you immediately go down there to help them get what they drop, that's inherently embedded in your heart. It yeah. means that you sincerely care. Or on the tube, take a couple on, the, on the subway, if an older person comes into the tube, just like getting Correct. up or, you know, making yourself, yeah. Correct. yeah. Correct. And, and Nico, leadership is, it's not, an, it's not a science. It's, it's an art. I believe that. But it's only one thing. It's inspiring and leading others and helping them succeed and get to whatever next step the, of their careers are. There's nothing to it. It's all about inspiring. My day to day is obviously keep helping people and keep making them happy obviously keep teaching them but the most important piece is that they come to work happy that's 50 percent of the battle right there that's why there's a significant difference between a leader and, and a boss so to speak i tell i tell my my reps all the time two things number one i never want to to hear you guys say that you work for me that's absolutely incorrect i don't like when people say that i have those amount of people working for me or it's just a sense of empowerment right it's an insecurity you work with me. I would argue actually that I work for you because I'm helping you, right? My job is to get you to your next step, right? That is like pretty that. much it, right? So that's, that's number one. And number two, I always, always tell them to have a little bit of a work-life balance because today in corporate, in, the, in corporate America, you can get consumed by the amounts of work and stress and deadlines and initiatives that you're being handed off on, uh, on a day-to-day. So it's extremely important to have some type of hobby or something outside those four walls that can help you balance your, your life a little bit. Right? Amazing, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I thought that was... No, 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 no. It's all right. No, so essentially leadership is about helping others, number one. I'm not saying that leaders are born. They are made, I agree that. Yeah. However, those people that have an inherent ability to help others which is essentially caring about others, about their success, or about helping people in a volunteer work or anything of extracurricular activities. Those people have a significantly, significantly higher chance than others to succeed in a leadership role because leadership is all about helping others. Amazing. So if you're a good leader, if you inspire others, they come in to work happy, that's 50% of the battle right there, they take and they listen to your advice, that's step number two, and they drive results, step number three. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I guess I just wanted to highlight that again, because what you're basically talking about in a lot of ways is, is mindset, 
you know, and people throw that, throw that word around like it's nothing, but in coaching, it's actually one of the huge words. I, I talk about it nonstop. The people close to me are like, yo, Nick, shut up. But you know, it's, it's true. Mindset, your, your mental state, how you turn up, how are, are you inspired when you do something and do you inspire others to, to be inspired themselves and to achieve the greatness that they require in their lives? Do you do that or do you not? And, and, you know, I just think it's so key that you bring this, this notion of mindset because, you know, you know, I, and I love that parallel because in a way also, you know, what you do day to day is also some coaching, you know, it's not, it's not your job title. It's, you know, that's not your job title, but what you actually are doing is putting your, your reps in the best situations possible, you know, so that they can go out there um, and, and totally, you know, dominate what they are doing themselves, you know? Sure. I completely agree. Amazing. Amazing. So moving on, um, I'm really interested in this. So, you know, they, they often say um, that early on in your career, what you invest in you know, and it's a big belief of mine, what you invest in will hugely determine the results that you also get later in life. So, um, you know, and you can always change your path later in life. I'm not saying, you know, if you're 40 or 50 listening to this, you can do it too, but your investments, regardless of your age is really, really important in what you decide to invest in, whether you invest in, you know, nice clothing or a book, like you talked about, you know, what is for, for, for you, um, nothing against nice clothing. I, I love buying nice clothes, but you know, for oh, trust you- me, I, 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 I obviously enforce this <laughs> right? in nice my tie, life. Nice tie, nice shirt. Nah, um, so for you, what has been so far, what has been your best investment? What's been something where you've been like, wow, money well spent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't, that's a great, that's a great question. And unfortunately to me, it doesn't have to do with monetary. That's fine. Uh, it monetary can be time too, yeah. Or yeah. yeah, if you don't mind, that's yeah. I think that's that's more important to everybody who's listening. I think the best the best investment I have ever made is investing in me. Essentially, it's the time that you invest in learning different things. It doesn't necessarily so the the greatest investment I believe, and and I I, I hopefully this will continue to be the case uh, throughout centuries and centuries to come is education. Education is the best investment somebody can make, a parent can make uh, for their children because that gives you a very big fundamental uh, or a foundation, builds your foundation for your future success in whatever area you decide to invest in. That's number one. However, if you want to be successful at a younger age and quicker, you need to invest in yourself other than education. Basically mean invest a lot of your time in networking. Networking is, I would say, I would argue that is one of the most important areas that people should focus on because you meet people, you foster relationships and when the time is right, people give you an opportunity to work with them. People give you an opportunity to partner with them or to invest in them. It doesn't, doesn't matter. So it's, it's what we say. It's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I strongly believe that I wouldn't be standing where I am today if it wasn't for networking. Okay. Wow. However, now it gets a little bit more. It's like an advanced search. Have you ever seen Google? And it tells you advanced search and advanced, and it gets so complicated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I have seen through, through my experience in America here and why people give me a chance and why I have this big network of successful people here is because I'm very well-rounded. This is also my, one of my second rules, that you need to be very well-rounded. And what I mean about to be well-rounded is investing you in 
different areas of your interest. And the reason being is that when you do have a conversation with a politician or with a CEO or with a CFO, you need to stand at any room and in any conversation at all times. You can always, you can only know things about, for example, tech sales. You have to know things around politics, around finance, around world history. Yeah. Pretty much everything, because that way you show how cultivated and educated you are. And the result of this is that people now remember you, not for what you're saying, but they remember you for how well-rounded you are. It's huge. This is, I, I would say, I would argue that looking back into the moment I graduated all the way till now, this has been the keys to, success, to my success. My networking and my ability to, 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 to invest and find time to learn things that have nothing to do with my job. Amazing. Amazing. And so you're highlighting two points, which I love. Uh, the first one being networking. So grow, grow that, that, that group of people, your people, the people that you know, that you can call on, that you can support too, because it works both ways. Um, and then also um, the second point, which was to make yourself well-rounded. Don't just be about one thing. Make it so that in any conversation, you can bring a little bit of difference into it. You can bring a little bit of uh, change, excitement. You know, people don't always want to hear it. You know, they go on, how many business discussions do they have a day? How nice when someone can bring up, you know, you know, I was in Wisconsin the other day or Nebraska, you know, whatever. And you can just bring in a little difference and shake it up a little bit. Like, like that really makes a difference. And I love the two points you brought up. So I wanted to highlight them for the listeners. One of the things which, which for me, especially when I joined my consulting job, I had a lot of trouble with the notion of networking. For me, networking is always, there's, it's always been a term that I kind of hated. Um, don't get me wrong. I've built my network and I, and I have people that I'm close to and, and everything like that. But I've always hated this notion of forcing it forcing, forcing it. Like, you know, you need to go speak to this person when you're at an event and this, you know, do you have, you know, and, and I know, cause, cause I, you know, I've spoken to you and I know that your network's really big. It, could you share maybe one or two things, one or two little strategies, tactics, you know, when you go to events or are there little things that you could share with the listeners? Cause this is the type of thing, you know, a lot of us want to network better. We want to grow our network. But, you know, sometimes it's just not so clear what you're supposed to do or what that even means, you know? Maybe even if you go to the event, what then? Or is it even an event, you know? Yes, yes. And, and, and again, to what I said multiple, multiple times in this podcast, I, I don't believe there's right or wrong, right? It's not black and white. There's a gray space that people can work in. However, I, the reason why networking is so important is because it gives you a very small window to sell yourself to somebody. And this is how you will know that what you're saying relates to them or what you say resonates to them. That's the reason why networking is so important. The other reason why networking is so important is because you're building your network. So at any time, something comes up at your work, a new initiative, you require advice or money or raising funding, doesn't matter from somebody. Then you remember gentlemen X, Y, and Z that you met and you can reach out to them. And he will remember you because of the conversation, the relationship you guys built over a 20-minute window. It does not matter. One great strategy that I've, that I've, yes, I've seen success is, with. This is okay. what I wanted to hear. Yes. All right. And, this, and, I, and I will challenge everybody out there. But I promise you, I promise you that if you do this, you'll only improve yourself. Boom. Listeners, In listen up. Strategy. Let's go. 
So invest in getting business, guys. That is extremely important. Doesn't matter if you don't have a job. Does not matter whatsoever. You build your name, mobile, and and email. Doesn't matter at all. So what this strategy I always do is that I take a certain amount of them with me, and I do not leave the room until I've handed all of them out. And not handing all of them out in the same person doesn't count. Throwing them away doesn't count. You need to give those 50 or 30 or 10 or one for that matter to all those people, and then you can leave. That forces you. You obviously you set your goal, and setting goals in life is extremely, extremely important. Most importantly, however, it challenges you and it pushes you to improve your interpersonal skills. That's exactly the only way that you will improve and you will get better in networking. There's other strategies, but I have found from my experience personally, there's no right or wrong answer, that this is a unbelievable strategy. Amazing. And Alex, I'm going to give you a bit of a hard time, but I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little deeper. So with regards to the networking, how, how do you engage people? So I guess that's, that's also what I wanted to find out. Like if that's something you've been become good at, what, how do how do you create that relate that, that relationship? Like how do you create that vibe between two people, especially if it's 30 people you want to meet or 50, which seems crazy, you know, and to, to a lot of people, I think like, you know, how, how are there little things? Do you go in with a, you know, with a line or is it just more a natural thing where you've realized, Hey, I'm Alexandros Papadopoulos, you know, we're both at an event, you know, and, are there, are, is there anything like that, that, you know, yeah. that, that comes up for you? Little strategies yeah. that listeners could take away? hundred percent. And in the beginning of my career, I had a diff, very difficult time. Uh, I didn't have the selling skills. I didn't have the interpersonal skills back then. So I had to practice that to, to make them good to, to the point that, I, that, I, that, that they are today. Yeah. So what I always thought is that you go to this event it's about a certain topic. You can educate yourself a little bit on that topic, number one. Number two, if you see a person standing there alone, he's probably thinking the same thing that you're thinking, that how am I going to engage people? So you already know that this person is there for the same exact reason and is probably hesitating for the exact same reason that you are hesitating. So that's why you go and talk to them. There's no pitch. There's no elevator pitch. There's nothing. You can just talk to them about what's the reason why you're here. Or my name is Alexander Papadopoulos. Did you already forget my name? And that's most of the time say yes, 100%. So essentially what I want you to remember, Nico, is that there's no right or wrong answer here. The most important thing is to challenge yourself and go and have those, those, those few first initial conversations. And you will see, I guarantee you, you will see after one minute, you will not even remember the challenge that you were facing before you 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 introduce yourself or before you engage with the with the other person Amazing. it's all about yeah. challenging yourself and moving forward there's no pits there's nothing there's no scripts it's all about you going in there so to the listeners if you do go on an event you see somebody alone he's wondering the same thing that you're wondering who should i talk to and why should i talk to them and what should i say there's no right or wrong uh, no right or wrong pits go in there and talk to them about I anything I love that. I love that. I just want to highlight that as a strategy, whatever you're doing, whether you're working in a startup, whether, you know, and I think there's this notion that networking is only for people who are in corporate bullshit. You know, at the I, end of the day, I, I agree. You know, if you're, if you're in business in any form or way, you're going to need to network and you can describe it any way you want meet other people or grow, you know, grow the number of people that you know, that can aid you on your, on your way that you can also support, but it's this back and forth system. Right? So, I love that strategy that, that Alex just brought up. Um, so basically, you don't mind me calling you Alex, man. <laughs> my, mother, my mother would hate me losing my legacy in such a young age, but 
It's your podcast, man. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so, Alexandros, now you make me feel bad. Now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just about this simple notion. There is no right or wrong way. And, and ultimately, just going up, just saying hello, just introducing yourself and explaining why, why you're at the event. And, and the basics of that, doing that two, three times. And by the end of that, just the two, three times, after a minute, minute and a half of doing it with a few people, you know, it'll be completely gone, that nervousness, and you can go on. And, and actually, I've also experienced it. I, I did work in consulting, and I did do, you know, the whole network and feel. That was also my experience. When you start doing it, it gets comfortable. It even gets fun. And I think as soon as something gets fun, you know, totally changes the dynamic 100%. So, Alex, we have about 15 or so minutes left, and I'd like to spend this last part talking about, um, for, for a lot of the listeners are probably – working on something really big now, big now for them, whether they're working on a startup, whether they're themselves um, working at a, at a company and, and trying to, you know, either get promoted or, or, or rise the ranks or, or whatever it is that, that they're, they're trying to do um, working on a project. I would love for you to describe how you deal with pressure. So how, how you've learned to, to, to work your mindset. Cause I know, you know, you put on a good front, um, you know, you're, you're in charge of 25 people and you look great and, you know, everything's fine. But I am sure you must have days where oh, things yeah. do not go as they are supposed to, where, you know, the, the client that you needed to sign just freaking signs with the competitor, not just doesn't sign, but signs with the competitor. So I would love for, for, for you to describe kind of like, how do, how do you deal with, with the whole psychological aspect of, of dealing with pressure and stress and anxiety? Because everyone is going through it to a certain, to a certain extent, especially if they're pushing for some form of greatness, success, they're going through it. So what are, what are some of the strategies and, and how does it form for you? And then what are some of the strategies that you use to, to combat it? Sure. Well, that's another unbelievable question. Good for you. And, and obviously it's, it's what we call, what, I, what, I've, what I've studied about the iceberg effects. Essentially what you see on the top, it's only 10% of the actual truth, right? The entire iceberg is underneath the ocean. You don't see it, right? So that's kind of a similar, similar uh, example. Now, uh, what I do is that I set mini goals. If there is a big, for example, deadline that needs to be completed in a month, we need to identify the, the goals that we have you know, or the steps that we need to take in order for us to get there. So setting up mini goals is extremely more important. It's like going hiking and you see the top of the mountain and you say, oh my God, how am I going to to climb 10,000 feet, or it doesn't matter how, how, how big it is, right? Yeah. But you set yourself two-hour goals, and then I'll climb another hour, and then I'll stop for five minutes. And so you set mini goals. Gotcha. The other important piece is to have work-life balance. Work-life balance is essential. Uh, because there's, if, think about this. If you were able to do everything about this project today, then you won't have a job tomorrow. That's why you leave work back at the office. Nobody can do, you only have a... 12 hours a day, if you want to call it, for somebody who's a really, really workaholic, 15 hour days, doesn't matter, right? People in finance and investment banking, they know that. They work tons and tons and tons of hours. That's why those people tend to, to, to kind of burn out quicker. It's because they're working such extensive hours over a long period of time. Yeah. So it's important for you to set mini goals for whatever project or goal you have set for yourself, how to get there. And most importantly, it's, it's having a little bit of life outside the office because that's, that's extremely important. You can't do everything inside the office without having some type of activity or something that can make you happy or release dopamine because dopamine is the essential piece of having a great mood. 
yeah. if you're always stressed, that's not only releasing dopamine, it's actually affecting you in a negative, negative way. So it's important yeah. to find those things that will make you happy. Maybe cooking or maybe going, I, I love driving my car. That's actually what I do. When I'm stressed or everything, I take a ride. I just go for 10, 20 miles. I just drive. That's awesome. Other people have different ways of, of tackling stress, but I think mini goals and having a little bit of a work-life balance are essential. I love that. And, and actually, mine, mine is not driving a car. Mine, mine is going for a walk. So when, when it just feels like a little too much, and uh, obviously, it's all, it's all in your head, right? But you know, it feels very real at that moment. Uh, for me, whenever something comes up in my business that's, that's not going right or, or in general, I'm, you know, I need a, bre a breath of fresh air. I actually go for a breath of fresh air. So, you know, I take a walk around and I just think, you know, phone away, just like, just leave yourself to think a little bit, you know, give yourself a little breathing space so that you can clear things up and, and sort of see things for what they are, as opposed to that anxious pressure state, which is it, unresourceful as hell because like you just nothing is productive in that state, you know, when you're just so freaking tense and anxious and, and all of it, like, how can you make a decision? And is it going to be a decision you're happy with next week, next month, et cetera, right? And then the second point you, or the first point you brought up was the fact of setting mini goals, which I love too. So, you know, instead of seeing it as, oh, what's my yearly target? How do I accomplish that today? Which is unrealistic. Okay, so that's my yearly goal. What does that look like six months from now? Okay, so half of it. What does that look like three months from now? What does that look like in 30 days from now? Okay, what do I have to do this week? Who do I have to call? What, you know? and, and I love that because all of a sudden you have this huge mountain that becomes kind of like, you know, it's like, I guess, like if you were climbing Mount Everest, you know, and they have all these like boot camps along the way to sort of get you acclimated as you move up. Um, you know, it's, it's setting those mini goals so you can kind of hit it. And then now you're at that place then hit it again. Now you're at the next place. So two strategies I wanted to highlight for the listeners because, because they're, you know, freaking awesome. Those, those are amazing. So I love that. Thank you for bringing those up. So I got about one or two more questions left for you, Alex. Again, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, what is, what is one of the pieces of self-development? What, you know, if you need to impart today, you know, if, 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 if you had a last week on earth or if you had a last day on earth and you need to give, you know, one notion back to the world, you know, uh, give back something, a piece, a truth, um, piece of advice, a self-development piece of some sort, um, whatever you wanted to give, you know, what, what would you want to share? Um, you know, what, what, what would you want to leave the world with if you had one thing? What's been your, your biggest lesson maybe mm -hmm. so far? Sure. Great question. And putting you on the spot. You always, always, always putting me on the spot with those questions, man. I, I love it. <laughs> I think the most important thing, because we are talking about business and work, so I'll keep this, I'll keep this in this uh, content. I think the most important thing is to be passionate. Uh, it's, it's kind of the definition of my success, which is it's nothing about money or anything, right? People do make the mistake to say that I'm, I'm going to, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year, right? And they're putting their name, they're putting their, their names on a check, on a blank check with a hundred thousand dollars and they cannot give up until they've made that money. However, but they don't realize that they only limit themselves themselves to that amount of money, right? If you rather focus on getting the best you can be, investing in you, in whatever area of business you're into, invest that you'll be the best that I can be. 
at the end of that, when you're evaluating your goals and you're self-reflecting, that $100,000 might now be $300,000. You didn't even realize it <laughs> because you're only putting yourself in a, on a, a ceiling, a monetary ceiling, which soon exists in the first place. So rather than focusing on and investing in on making $100,000 this year, whatever the number, invest in, in, in your own development and become the best you can be. That's number one. Number two would be to stay extremely passionate. Passion is something that you do not teach people. You either have it or you don't. You can train yourself through exercises, to, to stay, stay patient, obviously, stay loyal, stay passionate. But passion is the number one rule of success. No matter who you talk to, whether it's businessmen, politicians, uh, people who are working in the nonprofit sector, they all have this in common. They're extremely passionate. So if you're in an environment when they're telling you, slow down, you can't be so energetic, you can't do this, you can't do that, which actually are values or they're going against your values, leave that place immediately. There is no future for you there. And it's essentially meaning change who you are. Never change who you are. Stay passionate and stay patient and persevere. There is the grass is greener on the other side, as I like to say. That's always the case. I promise. I've gone through difficulties and severe obstacles that I had to face in my life. And it, it, it had to do with my passion and my perseverance and my patience that I made it to where I am today. That's amazing. And I'm, and I'm, I'm so happy you brought this up, Alex, because, um, you know, I thought it was, it'd be a pity not to, not to touch in this podcast about environment, you know, and, and, um, you know, we talked about your team and managing 25 people and, you know, ultimately what it is that you do every day is you also create an environment for those 25 that's productive, that, that, that's, uh, conducive towards hitting the results that you've been given, you know, to, to, as targets to hit, you know? So you create that environment, which spreads like wildfire, because if you can inspire in one guy, then he'll inspire in the other. And then as a team, it, you can't help it. It's just like, you know, it's just like, it starts going all over. So I love what you said. If you're in an environment that does not suit you, if you are someone that's passionate, if you are someone that's inspired, if you are, if you are someone that has a message and you're part of an environment right now where, you know, people are putting you down, where people are negative, where people laugh at your goals that you set out for five years from now, from 10 years from now, which by the way, anything is possible in that time frame for anyone. Um, even if you don't really believe it, it's true. Um, you know, I just, I, I love that piece of advice from you, Alex, is, is leave that environment. And it's that simple. Get it, minimize your time in there towards leaving it, you know, and, and get out of there because it will really, really affect you. And, and, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, Alex, you know, I don't know if you heard this one, but you know, if you surround yourself with, with five millionaires, you're likely to be the sixth, you know? So, you know, it's one of those things. And it's always, there's that monetary aspect, but it applies to everything. Surround yourself with five people that work out likely is you'll be the sixth surround yourself with five people who are super positive, energetic, love life. Chances are you will be the sixth. You can't help it. It just like it transpires from one person to another. So I love, I love that you brought that up. And, um, before we move on to the final question, um, I just wanted to take the time to, again, really, really thank you for coming on Alex. So for, for the listeners, I know you've only had an hour or so to spend with this guy, but he's really, really phenomenal. He's been an amazing friend uh, for so many years now, and, and we go a while back. And I mean, he's based in the US, I'm based in London, we still stay in touch. So it's really, really amazing. This guy really cares 
like you've heard throughout this podcast about not just himself and progressing himself because he is, he cares about himself, which I love, but not only that, he cares about his whole team, the 25 of them, you know, really create, making a difference and, 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 and creating for them the opportunity to go achieve their goals. And I think that is amazing. And as a coach, that makes sense. But I just wanted to highlight that because I think you're an amazing person. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Alex. I appreciate it. Thank, thank, thank you. Again, it's my first one, but I think that uh, I, I always do like to remember my friends and whatever I can do to help at any point, whether it's friends or non-friends, it does not matter to me. I'm always available and uh, always able to help others. I think that's, that's important. You have to give back to the community. You have to give back to other people. Uh, I think that's one of my important philosophies. Amazing. And before we, before we go to the last question, um, for the listeners, if they wanted to find out more about you, if they wanted to connect with you in some way, if they've liked what you've, what you've been saying today and, and they kind of wanted to find out more about your, your journey or your story, um, what you're doing today, um, is there a way they could connect with you? They can connect with me, with me through LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, my cell phone is 617-816-4392. Obviously, in whatever country you are, you have to put the, the code in front of it, but it doesn't matter. My cell phone, again, 617-816-4392. doesn't matter if I know you or I don't. I'm always available, and I, I, I always like to help others. Boom. I love that. And first person to actually give out their number on the, on the podcast, which is a bold move, but I love it. And, and again, like I said, it really attests to, to the person you are, taking the time, whoever it is, to pick up, even if it's five, three minutes, five minutes, just to say hi, and, and, you know, you appreciate the person taking the time to call you. So thanks for that. Also, I will share your LinkedIn details in the show notes uh, when, I, when I post the podcast. So um, they will also have easy access to connect with you uh, more there. So that takes us to the final question of this podcast. It's going right. so quickly. It's crazy. Um, so the final question I'd like to leave you with. Oops, went on mute for a second there. Uh, I'd like to leave you with, Alex, is... Um, you know, what has been, what has been your biggest success so far? Um, and, and, you know, if you had to give a parting word of encouragement to the listeners with regards to achieving that success and them going on their journeys and achieving their successes, what would you say? So first the success and then what you would say to the listener. Sure. The, my biggest success, if you want to, continue the, the spectrum and, and corporate America. I think it's the, my ability in the last three, three or two and a half years to grow such, in such a rapid pace within corporate America. Uh, you learn such fundamental lessons. The company that I work for, Dell EMC, it's a phenomenal company. I, I love that company. They were, I'm loyal to them. They're loyal to me. They always help me through difficult times. So that has been my, kind of my biggest success is moving up and so quickly in the ladder of corporate America and hopefully continuing to do that. And a couple of words of encouragement are, I think it's, it's, it's actually said that they say life is not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? And I always, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that argues with that all the time, say, no, it's a sprint, it's a sprint, it's not a marathon. But really from what I've understood and what I've been through in my life so far, it, it really is a marathon. You, you hear your friends, they're making X amount of money, they're becoming more successful with you and you're, you're saying, oh man, I need to compete with them, I need to go there. I need to get there, right? And then something happens to them and then all of a sudden you're in front, right? So you, you just like the marathon runners when they, they constantly go in front of one another. That's how life is. And most, I, I would hope that most of the people who are listening to this are, are younger people, right? In between the age of 20 to 30 years old. 
it's, it's, it's what I have to say that the, this is the first phase of, of our lives. Up until you're 30 years old, you're always learning. You're not making that much money, right? So don't worry about the money. The money will come. The time that you will make your money is the second phase, which is between 30 and to, to 60 years old. This is when you have obtained skills, you have learned a lot of important lessons, and you're making that strategic move to make the amount of monetary um, aspect, which is going to be very critical for your life, to support your, your family. But if I want to encourage you guys, honestly, the grass is greener on the other side. And what I like, I, I always go with what my father taught me, that he always said, Alexandros, take a look at the people who are behind you. Don't always look at the front runners because the front runners are always going to be there. So it's kind of important to self-reflect after a year or every week at the end of the, of the week and look back at where you were a week ago, a month ago, and you'll be so surprised with how many new things you have learned, how many new relationships you have, you have created, and how many more things you have accomplished. It's, it's extremely important to take a look back at the people who are behind you because I consider myself to be doing okay but there's so, so many other people behind me that are not doing okay, people with health issues that they never asked anything to happen to them and now they're having all sorts of diseases or people who uh, lost their parents or, or, or people who are fighting poverty. Those people didn't ask for any of this. So it's very, very important to take a look back and, and see those people and say, you know what, I'm actually going, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good and I'm only 23, 25, 27, doesn't matter the age. And I'm going to continue to be doing okay, but let me kind of stop and reevaluate a little bit and take a look back to those people who are kind of struggling. That's kind of the word that I want to share with you, Nicole. That is amazing, Alexandros. Uh, amazing way to, to end the podcast. And I guess I just want to take the time to finally highlight that part um, again, which is basically don't always be looking in front. Don't always be looking at those leaders of the pack there will always be, once you beat that leader of the pack, there'll be a next leader anyways ahead of them if they're older or if they're doing better, whatever. So really take the time, and I love the way you phrased it. Take the time to look back and see how can you already start giving back? How can you already from your position, from your place, already look to, to help and support others who are also, you know, hungry to, to achieve and to, to, to grow and to learn? And how can you um, you know, give back to them from your position. You don't need to be 35 or 60 or 70 to look back. Um, you know, you can do it starting today uh, from whatever age. So I just think yep. those are beautiful words of wisdom to end uh, this podcast. Alex, thanks again for your time. Like I say, this guy is, is really, really busy. Like a lot of the, a lot of the guys that come on to, uh, and girls that come on to the, the podcast, you know, are really, really busy. So I really appreciate you taking this hour to come on, to share your story with everyone and to inspire uh, all the listeners. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate pleasure, it. Pleasure was all mine, Nico. Anytime. Thank you. Awesome, my man. Have an amazing day. Good luck with everything. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.